Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Friday, October 27th. This is On Deck, and this is the first day of the World Series. I'm Stephen Nesbitt. I'm joined by Levi Weaver. Levi, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, I just covered the Texas Rangers for seven whole long years, most of which were very enjoyable to be around baseball and around the team and to cover a major league team. I'm not complaining, but, you know fairly insufferable as far as the results go and i leave and now look what they're doing look what they are doing the first year that i leave the beat they have gone to the to the world series i act like i'm upset uh i'm not i'm happy for a lot of people in that organization and i actually do get to go to the world series uh so you know whatever i just skipped the hard part and now i'm going back and hopefully it's not a curse because if i show up and they get swept in four games i'm never going to be invited back into the ballpark Man, Nate Silver would be so upset if he got swept in four games. So we, at the start of this uh, season, when we began this podcast, hitched our completely unbiased wagons to two teams, the Fish and, and the Rangers. You know the Rangers really well, and they were the talk of baseball as was after the Rays in the first half of the season, uh, storming into first place. And then the, the Fish, were they're just a lovable franchise, okay? Although they got a lot going on at the current moment. But it turns out the Diamondbacks were the smaller market that we should have been should have been paying attention to. The Diamondbacks, we knew they were coming, right? We knew they were maybe a year or two away. Their problems were pretty clear. You only had two starting pitchers. That's pretty hard to do. Had a bunch of guys that I remember back at the start of the year talking to Eno and DVR from Rates and Barrels about who's that next guy up. It was like maybe Brandon Fott, maybe Ryan Nelson, a couple other arms they had that could be like maybe that next guy. Didn't expect Brandon Fott to be throwing big game threes um, in the postseason, but here, here we are. You know, if you'd asked a year and a half, two years ago, or whenever that contract was signed, leading the rotation should have been Madison Bumgarner. He got he got released. They were down to even another starting pitcher. The Rangers also a similar timeline. We knew that they were coming, but didn't expect even Chris Young. And I went back and listened to some audio from the winter meetings in this past December, and he was not promising a World Series, but he was adamant, like we are going to contend this year, and then. You know, moving forward from there, we really think we've got a shot at this thing, but we're not promising anybody we're going to go from last place to a World Series in one year. That's not our plan, but you know, we, we do think that we can contend uh, while they're ahead of even their own timeline as well. So I love it. Let me just rant for it. I did this for a minute today in the windup as well. The TV ratings are not your friends. The TV ratings are not going to make out with you. You don't have to stick up for the TV ratings online and you don't have to go like defend their honor in the comments. Who gives a crap about the TV ratings? I love the fact that we get some novelty. You know what? I would have settled for the Reds versus the Orioles. I would have settled for the Brewers versus the freaking White Sox. Like I want to see teams in the World Series that I haven't seen in a while. I have for the last, you know, seven years and full disclosure before that, because I was a Rangers fan as a kid, I've watched the Texas Rangers play. Right. And there would be times this year that I would turn on a game and it's the pirates and the Cardinals. And I'm like, all right, what's going on with these teams? Who's this guy? What do I need to know about him? I'm curious. I'm going to, I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote a very famous soccer show that we all love Ted Lasso, just before he hits the, the bullseye and he goes, be curious, not judgmental get curious about these teams. If these are not the teams you like to watch, that's great. You can tune out if you want, but this is the last baseball we're getting until spring training. So you might as well watch. And if you're going to watch, you might as well get curious. We had Chad Jennings release two things today, how the Rangers were built and how the Diamondbacks were built. Go learn about these teams. Have some fun. Make a stupid bet with your neighbor about steaks or, you know, whatever it is that you do. We can still grill steaks here in October and November. You can't really do that further up north, but like have some fun with it. I would love next year, I would love nothing more than to see the 
Blue Jays and the Brewers in the World Series because I don't get to watch those teams enough. I don't know that much about them, relatively speaking, for my job. Give me the novelty. What I would really hate is another stretch like we got you know, from 1935 to 1964 or whatever it was, where the Yankees made the, the World Series 22 out of 29 years. Is that what you want? Do you want to wake up every October and be like, well, it was fun pretending that my team had a chance to make it into the World Series, but really we knew it was going to be the Yankees again. No, like, sure, give us a, a New York World, uh, New York, LA World Series once in a while. That's fun for nostalgia's sake. That's fun for the market. That's fun. Everybody should kind of get a chance once in a while. Go compete. And if your team doesn't make it, if the team that you like doesn't make it, don't whine about TV ratings. Who gives a crap about TV ratings unless you literally work for Fox? If you work for Fox, by all means, jump in my inbox and tell me how much you care about ratings. But if you just happen to like a team that didn't make it, shut up. Like, have fun. Enjoy the fact that we're getting to see two teams that we don't get to see that often in the World Series. It's going to be a lot of fun. Corbin Carroll is electric. Adolis Garcia is a freaking monster. Evan Carter has 75 big league plate appearances and tore up the playoffs. Nate Valdi is turning into one of the big game pitchers of our generation. Go enjoy it. Go enjoy the baseball. Because guess what? In a week and a half, all you've got left is football and basketball. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We've got the oldest franchise in baseball without a World Series uh, in the Rangers. They played for one in 2010, played for one in 2011. Those are pretty memorable World Series, but didn't get all the way to the ring. And the Diamondbacks, one of the youngest franchises we have. Uh, They do have a World Series, but it was back in 2001. And maybe we should have learned then. All you need is two starters. Uh, Those starters were Randy Johnson and Curt Schilling. Today, I don't know if that's the lesson to be pulled from... This postseason, it's it's really hard to look at this and say, yeah, a 90-win team, an 84-win team just outsmarted everybody on the way there. No, they had to beat the Dodgers. They had to beat some real powerhouses. The Phillies, that lineup is is so dangerous if you don't have a shutdown bullpen, and no one would have said the Diamondbacks have a shutdown. They cycled through closers for most of the season before getting Paul Seawald. They tried like eight different guys in that in that situation, and one of the best of them ended up on the Milwaukee Brewers. That was how bad things went uh, in Andrew Chafin. So I don't know if the lesson is that you only need two dominant starters, but it really sets you up pretty nicely. If you could count on the way the Rangers did, getting two wins or at least two good starts out of Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Eovaldi, who is 4-0 this postseason, then you set yourself up pretty you set yourself up pretty nicely, especially in these longer series. And then in the wild card, I mean, all you need is two games. So on the other side, the Diamondbacks have done the same with Merrill Kelly behind Zach Gallen. Gallen got hit twice by the Phillies. Uh, overall, I think he's a really good pitcher. I think he'll do much better in this series. But 
now that you have those guys head-to-head, in all likelihood. Game one, Zach Gallen against uh, Nathan Novaldi. Game two, we haven't heard the starters yet. I'm guessing it's Merrill Kelly against Jordan Montgomery. After that, it's sort of what we saw in the Phillies series. We You're going to make things up on the fly. I'm guessing, and we're going to come back and do another episode before game three, guessing that's going to be Brandon Fott against uh, Max Scherzer, the 39-year-old future Hall of Famer against the rookie who couldn't stop giving up homers until the playoffs. And we'll see how that one goes, but... I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a lesson to draw, but uh, it certainly is going to be interesting because these bullpens have figured it out so far. But Mike Petriello, who writes for MLB.com, pointed out that the underlying numbers are not good for these bullpens. The they are like the expected ERAs. The real ERAs are like two and three. The expected ERAs are like five and seven. Uh, so things could blow up pretty nice. And but I wrote this in the, the preview that's going to come out Friday morning before this game. Nobody wants one, two, three innings in the postseason. Come on, we want a little bit of chaos, a little bit of. A little bit of spooky season uh, frights here in the in the bullpens. Zach Gallen, by the way, faced the Rangers one time this year uh, with the Diamondbacks, and the uh, the Diamondbacks won that game six to three. Uh, he, he actually faced them twice. Oh, did he face them twice? I missed the other he one. He faced them again. I just because I just wrote this. He faced them in May and beat them, and that was without Corey Seager. I'm okay, sorry, he okay. lost to that game. He lost in that game. Right, okay, he didn't okay. take the loss, but the Diamondbacks lost. Sorry to trip over myself. And they faced again. I think it was August 20th or something around there. And he went six innings, one run. Punched out 11 in that game. That's the one that I saw. I missed the other one. And I'm I'm looking here at this lineup. Uh, Travis Jankowski was in left field. You're going to replace him with Evan Carter. Ezekiel Duran was at third base. You're going to replace him with Josh Young. But hey, Duran went two for three in that game. So it's not like he faced the extremely depleted Rangers lineup. That That is not a bad matchup for the Diamondbacks. By the way, I think maybe John Gray is like the overlooked guy in this whole equation. Yes, Max Scherzer is probably going to get the nod in game three. If they need a fourth starter or if they need a guy to give them length, man, there were so many times this year that I looked up and John Gray would be losing a game one to nothing. And I'm like, how does this keep it? It's the sixth inning and it's one nothing again. But I think he is maybe the secret weapon if you're needing a bullpen guy with some length if one of your starters doesn't go great. You know, Andrew Heaney also has been better, I think, out of the bullpen than he was in the starting rotation. Also, Dane Dunning, who was a pretty good, like very much outperformed uh, expectations this year and and was a very effective member of the of the rotation. So, yes, the Rangers are going to ride the hot hand with Montgomery and Ivaldi, but they have some options. And that bullpen, you know, it's not like you're relying on Brock Burke, who had a, a very down year this year. And it's, not you know, Martin Perez, I haven't even mentioned yet, who also had a down year as a starter, but was pretty good out of the bullpen. So it's like they've transferred almost an entire starting rotation of pitchers into the bullpen if they need some guys they kind of have some guys now that they didn't have during the regular season and then you know last note from me the most remarkable thing to me about the rangers pitching is that they're not getting any innings out of jacob Degrom, and max scherzer is kind of like that third guy that you kind of just hope can give you four innings if you told me that the rangers had scherzer and Degrom and we're going to the world series i'd be like well i don't know when they moved to queens but you know whatever i guess it's going to be the new york rangers i thought they played hockey it's not DeGrom, and it's only a little bit Scherzer, and uh, yeah, it should be an adventure. Three things I'm watching here, and only one of them is a joke. First off, who's going to get the, the ring here? Is it Jake DeGrom, or is it Madison Bumgarner? Or toss Cole Reagans in there. Good for him. He ends the year as a Royal yet with a World Series ring. Taylor so Hearn, the other too. One is, that's right. Hey, good for Taylor Hearn, former Bucko uh, farmhand. We have not seen anything lately from Tommy Pham, minus that Game 6 homer, which was huge, uh, and Christian Walker. 
Christian Walker will get to it. He was my one of my homer chase picks, and he has been completely silent. And so for the D-backs to get to this point without any production from the middle of that lineup, minus uh, Gabriel Moreno, and that's kind of like your, what, four or five hitters, I think it is, in Walker and Pham, and uh, just totally silent. I think if, if those guys can wake up, especially Walker, who's done so much damage over the course of the season and last season as well, I think there's more in store for this offense. And that brings me to my third point. Just continue creating this chaos. I feel like they got better and better doing that as the Philly series went on. But there were people you sort of yelling at the screens and why isn't Corbin Carroll running this guy? I had like I think it was 54 steals and 59 chances this this year, something like that. And uh, he gets on base nonstop. He got in base against Ranger Suarez. It was automatic. I couldn't believe they let him face him a third time. They can do so much and hurt you in so many different ways, but some small ball, some speed to go with the defense they have. That's the kind of energy, the atmosphere I want to see from the D-backs in the World Series. Just poke the other team to death. That's the Diamondbacks' MO this year. It's time. Let's step into the on-deck arcade for our postseason homer chase. Levi, this round was not good to me. I'll just put it that way. So to back up, we're doing each round. Uh, Levi and I are each picking two hitters. Once a hitter is picked, he is off the board. You can no longer pick him for the rest of the postseason. No one can. You can't pick guys from the same team in the same round. And that's about it. It was tied 1-1 going into the, the CS. I picked uh, Jordan Alvarez and Christian Walker. You picked Bryce Harper and Jose Dang Altuve. Bryce Harper had two homers. Jose Altuve had, is it five homers? Do I have that right? It felt like nine to me. I'm actually going to double check that because I wrote it down. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. But on my side, Jordan Alvarez had two. Christian Walker had had none. So we are deadlocked. Harper, Alvarez. So Jose Altuve with three homers, which puts Levi up three homers heading into the World Series. It's uh, eight to five. So Levi... Everyone is available from these two teams except for Adolis Garcia, that's a big name, Corey Seager, another big name, and Christian Walker. As far as I know, the rest are still on the board. I'm going to let you pick first because I'm not sure who I want to go with. Man, I shot myself in the foot picking Adolis Garcia in the wild card round. It's just that I didn't think the Rangers were going to beat the Rays. So, you know, I took Garcia in the round that ended up having two games. A real smart move. All right, I'm going to be strategic about this, and I'm going to go with my Diamondbacks pick first. I'm going to go with Tommy Pham. That's a good one. So their, their home run leader for the playoffs is Alec Thomas. And I'm like, I can't pick Alec Thomas, right? He's like platooning right now. Couldn't possibly do that. Um, I'm going to go with the other side just to be strategic about this. I will go with Texas and go with Josh Young. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. So Adolis and Seager are off the board. Which of these home run hitters do I think is going to break out of a miniature slump? Because I think if Marcus Simeon gets hot, he has the potential to give me more home runs. However, Nathaniel Lowe has a couple already this postseason. Jonah Heim can also really give it the business. And you know what? So can Mitch Garver, who has come up big a couple of times this postseason. I'm going to go with Nathaniel Lowe. And I have no good reason for that beyond he's the one that seems to be the closest to a breakout. So give me good old Nate Lowe. And I'm going to finish this off. I'm not going to go with Alec Thomas. So he, he's a pretty good bet right now. He's four, four hits. or sorry, four homers and seven hits in the playoffs. I'm going to go with, I picked him in the regular season. I'm going to do it again. Corbin Carroll. I think he finds a way to do it. And we'll just see if this ends up being a little closer. Maybe when we come at the game two, three turn, maybe we add another player to the mix uh, to really add some juice as we go down the stretch. But that's going to do it for us. Just a reminder, I have Josh Young and Corbin Carroll. All rookies to help you out in the I very did. end. You're just sticking with the theme of the World Series, aren't you? 
I easily did. I have Nate, uh, you have Nate Lowe and Tommy Pham. So there we go. Time for us to hit the exits. Thanks for listening. Thanks to producer Brian for producing today's show. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $2 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. Sign up for The Windup, The Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 32EFIS. I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. We'll be back on Monday for a World Series check-in and more of what's on deck.